time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer on this Monday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Vaughn, do you hand out Halloween candy at your house? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Do you get a lot of kids? We have to get the uh, peanut-free stuff because our daughter has the famous peanut allergy, so we don't support anybody who doesn't take those steps. That's a good idea. Very good. But do you get a lot of kids at your house? Uh, It really varies up and down. Our neighborhood here in Victoria, because it's not a through street or it's got a street with a jog in it, uh, people used to drop their children off here. Yeah. It was very safe, and uh, you know, and it was great. We love it, but it fluctuates up and now, down now, and we don't know what it's going to be like uh, this year. You know, first year post pandemic, or well, maybe it isn't post pandemic, but uh, it's varied. You know, we've had um, pretty much almost run out of candy. Through, yeah, uh, we got to take all the stuff in and feed it to the legislative press gallery because we don't want to ruin our own teeth. So that's <laughs> that's the kind of year. It's really wild up and down. That's funny. I ran out last year. I had to turn the lights out last year. I had so many oh, kids. I, I load up and I load up. I think I had probably I had in excess of 100 children last year. Yeah, so, right. so much. Anyway, lots to talk about this morning. So what's going to be happening at the legislature? We have new legislation coming today. Yes, legislation today. Tabled at 10 a.m. and then the premier will have a news conference at 10:30 to tell us all about it and ask answer questions. Uh, the topic is expediting recognition in BC for the credentials of internationally educated professionals. So this isn't just doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, although that's included. But the government's made it clear. They're looking at other areas where we have a huge shortage of professionals, social workers, and things like that. So the legislation is supposed to make it easier to navigate the system of recognition here in BC. Uh, We'll see how they're going to do that because, Simi, as you know, the problem of recognition of credentials isn't just here in British Columbia. No, it is not. But you had some really egregious examples of problems with this. Yeah, the premier did sort of an advancer on where he's headed on this and why he's headed on this with a town hall meeting at Kwantlen College in Surrey uh, two weeks ago. And he had, they had, the New Democrats had uh, people stand up and talk about their actual experiences. And there were some, like, they were very sobering. They, they persuaded you there's a real problem here. There's a woman, uh, a dentist, who s- spent $50,000 and three years trying to get to practice dentistry here in British Columbia. She still wasn't approved. She lists this long runaround she went. Uh, one of the cabinet ministers on this said he'd uh, come across the case of a Hong Kong uh, social worker, social worker from Hong Kong, fully credentialed, graduate of the London School of Economics, so lived and worked in the UK, spent a long, long time here trying to get to practice social work here in BC. And the fellow reported to the minister that Um, He was having to pass an English proficiency test every year while he waited, even though, as the minister said, his English wasn't getting any worse. In fact, it was getting better because he was working here in B.C., just not what he was trained for. So 
There were a lot of stories. The premier told one that he'd run across himself when he was seeking the leadership of the NDP last year of a of a doctor who was driving taxi out in the Fraser Valley. I, you know, there are so many examples of this. They are, are just appalling when you consider how much of a shortage we have of trained professionals. And yet, I think, Simi, despite the government's good intentions, the thing we'll be looking for today is how does this help when the problem is not exclusively provincial? Right, because we know that some of these regulations are federal. Yes, federal government, immigration laws, uh, proving that we need the credentials, and then professional associations. So one of the people that talked at the town hall meeting said she'd uh, she'd gone through the provincial association and discovered she also needed to go through the federal the the federal association for her profession, and she couldn't even get them on the phone or get them to answer an email. Like there is. There are huge obstacles in the way. I wish the government good luck, and obviously you need to fix the provincial system, but it's a standard problem for British Columbia. You know, Ottawa won't even listen. So whether or not this is really going to expedite approval, I think we'll be stuck lefting, left to wait and see. And we will have more to talk about too, including talking about Surrey, because this really is the never-ending saga, isn't it? <laughs> You know, Simi, there was a moment there after the government introduced the legislation to impose its decision on Surrey, where we thought, you know what, uh, maybe there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel here. The premier said it's over, you know, the battle over whether or not it's going to be Surrey Policing Services or RCMP. And the premier not only said it's over, but he said, you know, um, Brenda Locke, mayor of Surrey, has raised some good issues and we're going to be there at the table to work with her. And he even dropped a fairly strong hint that the province uh, might come to the table with more money than $150 million over five years that it was already offering. Well, uh, yes, uh, they're now walking that back. Mike Farnworth, public safety minister, says... Randallock has to obey the law, and he also says no more money. $150 million is it. The province is not coming to the table with more money. And I have to say, Simi, the problem that the New Democrats have with that, they say the media coverage misinterpreted oh, what did the Premier we? said. But we've got it on tape. And with provincial politicians, especially on an issue like this, you save your tape. So the exchange that happened with the premier was the premier was asked, um, is it possible that the province would be willing to put more money on the table to settle this thing? And David Eby said, quote, the province has committed to Surrey that we will support them. We understand there are additional costs here. And we will support them in that. I take that as a pretty strong hint that Evie was saying, yeah, we're coming to the table and we're open to the idea of more money. But Farnworth now says that was all misinterpreted. The Premier's office says, oh, no, the media, you misinterpreted it. Well, right, but unfortunately, it gang, this one is on tape. You want to walk it back, that's fine. But it is not going to improve the climate dealing with Surrey. And in the meantime, though, I'm sure, you know, people in charge in Surrey, like Mayor Brenda Locke, heard that and thought, aha. Yeah. So she also did interviews last week 
uh, you know. And she gets asked about, uh, so the, by the numbers, the province says it's offering $150 million over five years. Uh, Surrey says their estimate is almost the cost of transitions, almost $500 million over 10 years. So Locke gets asked, okay, so if the province comes up with the full amount, is that good enough? Well, Locke understands bargaining too. She says, look, what we want the province to do, since they're imposing the Surrey police force on Surrey, she wants the province, the city wants the province, to indemnify Surrey against all transitional costs. So we don't have a tax notice going out to Surrey people two years from now or three years from now saying, oh, by the way, it ended up costing us a lot more than we thought, and you folks are going to have to pick it up in your property taxes. I mean, that's the real fight here politically is, yes, there's ego, and yes, there's powers and all that and interpretation. But the real fight is, who is going to take the heat for sticking Surrey taxpayers with the cost of transition when, Simi, we don't know the full cost of transition. These numbers are guesses, and they haven't even shared all of their reports with us, so we're ending up having to take each side's word on what it's really going to cost. But if that's what Surrey wants, then why doesn't Surrey sit down behind closed doors with the provincial government and say, this is what we want? Because at this point, they might get it if they stop just saying it in public and embarrassing the government. Well, it did sound kind of encouraging there for a few days. But now I think you look at what Farmer said, no more money and obey the law that doesn't sound to me like a negotiation. That sounds like an ultimatum. And is you know, it too uh, far gone? Maybe too far gone at well, this point. That's, Bad that's, blood. That could be it, Sammy. I and as I said, I think at the end of the day, it's about who's going to eat the political heat for what this is going to cost. And there's plenty of room to go around and lots of blame. But I'll just say this: the premier did not help matters last week by making it sound like the province was open to providing additional funding on transition, and then the government turns around and the public safety minister and says, no, no, no more money, nothing, forget it, you know, just do it. I, the, you're right, Simi, it is wrong on an issue like this to negotiate in public, and that's what they're doing, and the relationship is pretty bad. I sort of went over the comments of Locke and E.B. and Farmworth last week, and I went you know what? I hate to give him another plug, but <laughs> this does I know sound, it's coming. This does I sound like a job for Vince Reddy. I've been accused of taking a cut of his yeah. hourly fee, but really seriously, this thing needs independent adjudication. These two sides are, the relationship between them is just so poisoned now that I don't know if they came to the table, it would even do any good. You know, and after you've talked about Vince Reddy, and we know he's been around, he's kind of like the master of settling these things. We've tried so hard, Vaughn, to get him to come on the show and just talk about his secrets. How do you do this? How do you get, like, what are your secrets to mediating? Just, you know, pass on the information. Nope. He's so um, discreet that he won't even do that. Yeah, like that's how he good is. he is. The, the, he is very discreet. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, I, I think there's there's two things there. One is his own reputation. He he has 
an impeccable reputation for dealing with the matter at hand. He doesn't take sides. He simply, first of all, gets you talking, finds out what your positions are, often sends you to separate rooms, and then he, he goes back and forth. And he says, look, here's where the other side might move. Here's where they won't move. Where will you move? And, and really, that's what it is, right? And you need the two sides to want to settle and go forward. And you need the two sides to be willing to compromise on some things in order to get the other things they want. So that's getting to yes. Uh, having said that, you know, I do think his own reputation helps him a lot yeah. because he is known for getting results and he's known for afterward people saying, you know what, Vince Reddy is a fair negotiator. He helps both sides. And he keeps it to himself. Right. Yes. Nothing yes, gets out. Good. He's yeah. very yeah, subtle, very, yeah. very discreet. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> we'll find out what happens now. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.